good evening and welcome to First Baptist Church of Fairdale. We are glad that you are here tonight. We're going to start with some scripture reading tonight from Isaiah chapter 9. And here at our church, we always let the word of God call us to worship. But before we do that, I want to say a big Merry Christmas to all of you and to your families. It is so special to be able to go to church during the holidays and be at a a service right here on Christmas Eve evening. What a blessing this is for us to set our attention toward God and his love for us and what he's done for us. And may God use this tonight, maybe a blessing in your life and a blessing to your family before we dismiss here and run off to all that Christmas Eve and Christmas morning and Christmas Day is. We are glad that you're here tonight. We look forward to worshiping Jesus, looking at his word, and being built up. Tonight is a candlelight service, and that is so special. The final song tonight, uh, we will have the candles all lit, and we'll even turn off the lights, and we'll sing the final song tonight uh, under candlelight, and that'll be nice, okay? And then we will dismiss from there. During the second to last song is when we will start lighting all the candles, and uh, I'll just come up here, and I'll light the, uh, the, the fifth candle in the Advent uh, candles, and, and then we will go on and just pass it out that way and lead us into everybody having their candle lit for uh, the final song. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word tonight, and we thank you, God, for the promises that are coming true and have come true about Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ being the one that you sent to us, for us, to die for us, who rose again, who lives forever for us, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who has a kingdom that goes forever and it will not end. And Father, we are here tonight trusting in Christ to be a part of your kingdom. God, we thank you for what you've done. We come here tonight, God, as broken people with empty hands, knowing that it's not our goodness that gets us to you. It's not our works that get us to you. It is Jesus Christ and what he's done. It's your love for us through him and your forgiveness of sins. Father, tonight we focus on that during this Christmas season. We pray that you would bless this service. We pray, God, this service would be all about you and who you are and what you've done. We pray, God, you would be worshiped and glorified here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Good evening. Would you stand as we worship together? reading from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name 
the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of, of his kingdom there will be no end. And, Ma yeah. and Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
arose Mary and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on, my, on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done a great thing for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him, and from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her, and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. En aquellos días, levantándose María, fue deprisa a la montaña, a una ciudad de Judá, y entró en casa de Zacarías y saludó a Elizabeth. Y aconteció que cuando oyó Elizabeth la salutación de María, la criatura saltó en su vientre, y Elizabeth fue llena del Espíritu Santo. Y exclamó a gran voz y dijo, Bendita tú entre las mujeres, y bendito el fruto de tu vientre. ¿Por qué se me ha concedido esto a mí, que la madre de mi Señor venga de mí? Porque tan pronto como llegó la voz de tu salutación a mis oídos, la criatura saltó de alegría en mi vientre. Y bienaventurada la que creyó, porque se cumplirá lo que le fue dicho de parte del Señor. Entonces María dijo, engrandece mi alma al Señor y mi espíritu se regocija en Dios mi Salvador, porque ha mirado la bajeza de su sierva, pues he aquí desde ahora me dirán bienaventuradas todas las generaciones porque me ha hecho grandes cosas el Poderoso. Santo es su nombre y su misericordia es de generación en generación a los que le temen. Hizo proezas con su brazo, esparció a los soberbios en el pensamiento de sus corazones, quitó de los tronos a los poderosos y exaltó a los humildes, a los hambrientos colmó de bienes y a los ricos envió vacíos. Socorrió a Israel su siervo, acordándose de la misericordia de la cual habló a nuestros padres para con Abraham y su descendencia para siempre. Y se quedó María con ella tres meses, después volvió a su casa. days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. They saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. 
And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told, told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherd returned, shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it, excuse me, as it had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Amen. You can be seated. Christmas services, as I said at the beginning, are so nice, aren't they? I feel like we could sit there and singing those songs that are so familiar and what an extra blessing it is to hear all the different ages of people coming up and reading scripture. I could have sat and listened to that for a long time, too. That in and of itself is a picture of what God is doing in the world. God is working in people's lives and God is drawing people to himself and God is creating people that love him and follow him and believe in him. And uh, that's what we're seeing here at Fairdale and that's what the reports are all around the world that God is at work and people are trusting in Christ and lives are being changed and people are following him. People that love his word and believe him and sing worship to him and it's good for us to do that here in the very center of this massive holiday that we have here in our culture. It's Christmas. I reminded our church this morning, in our service this morning, that this huge holiday that is Christmas, we have uh, school is out for a couple of weeks, and we're in the Christmas season ever since Thanksgiving arrived. The Christmas word has the word Christ in it. May we never forget that. This massive holiday that we are so absorbed with, has Christ in the name. Jesus is his name. We just read that in the scriptures, and Christ is not necessarily his name. That's his title. It means Messiah and Savior. He's the Savior of the world who came to us, and everybody uses that word Christmas, and it has Christ right in the middle. What a great reminder that is tonight that we, we worship him. Life is all about Jesus. We celebrate Christmas because of him, and that's what we're going to do here tonight. I want to give us a short little sermon tonight. don't want to keep you here long. I want to introduce this idea of Christmas themes. I think one of the things that makes Christmas so good is that there are just so many different themes, aren't there? I mean, we could go on and on with the different things that come up at Christmas time. There are Christmas dinners, which I can't wait to eat tonight. There are get-togethers, many of them, and increasingly more and more of them, right? Company get-togethers, and schools have class parties, and you got ball teams that have get-togethers, and churches have get-togethers, and all sorts of family get-togethers. I had a family tell me today that they've got to make five stops tonight. There's that many get-togethers. Of course, there's shopping. We can't get out of control with that. We've all been frustrated by traffic and long lines. And then there's fun things like candles and Christmas movies and Christmas pajamas and ugly sweaters. All of these things are themes that have come about simply because of the holiday, simply because of Christmas. And I haven't even started mentioning the ones that are Christmas themes that come out of our Bible and the scriptures. Things like angels and shepherds and wise men. So many of those, right? Nativity scenes. Man, Christmas themes seem like they could go on and on forever, and that's good. 
But I want to focus tonight on two of the more meaningful ones. Two really good themes that come out of the Christmas season. And that is giving and getting. Those are big ones, aren't they? Giving and getting. Giving gifts to others like, hey, I got you something. And getting gifts from others like, oh, you got me something. Let's be honest here tonight. Both of those are great. We like to give as we should. We like to see the excitement on somebody's face when they get something that they weren't expecting. We certainly like to get things. This morning, an elderly lady in our church walked into church carrying a Christmas present this big, wrapped in wrapping paper. It was awesome. And everybody was like, well, who's that for? And there's a young man in our church who's in his 30s, single adult guy, and she said it was, it was for him. Nobody had expected that or thought that. The guy certainly hadn't thought that. When we showed him, hey, somebody got you a gift, he was like, really, for me? Like, wow. He was so happy and he was so excited. And that idea of giving and getting is, is just awesome, and you know that it is. When somebody thinks of you and goes out of their way to, to get you something that's thoughtful, not the rat race of, well, I wasn't going to get them something, but they got me something, so I think i got to get them something now. I'm just going to spend more money that I shouldn't be spent. Not that, but just true, kind, thoughtful, giving and getting. Because somebody is dear to you, that's a beautiful thing, and we know it. These themes of giving and getting come out of the Bible. God teaches us this. God himself is the one who taught us to give. He is a giver. God is a giver. All good gifts come from God, the Bible says, and it's the words of Jesus that says, it is more blessed to give than to receive, and I know you've heard that before. Anytime you give freely and kindly and generously and sacrificially, there's a small little reflection of God in that. You're giving, you're doing what God does. But getting also comes from God because we, we have to receive the blessing. We have to receive the gift that God gives. Both of these are great, aren't they? We could talk about giving and getting in so many ways. But I think what happens a lot of the time in Christianity, and I feel like we have to keep teaching this, so often we think that Christianity becomes doing those things. Getting the right perspective and the right frame of mind to be a faithful giver, and a faithful, grateful getter or receiver. Christianity reduced to that, may I say, it's not really Christianity. So often we think that being a Christian or living a faith life or being spiritual is that, giving and getting. What we're doing when we do that is we're making about what we do or what we give. We're more so thinking about it on our end and hardly thinking about it on God's end. And the result of that is, what am I gonna get out of this? So much so that we think, if I do this that is of church or of religion or, or of spirituality or maybe of what God says, will it work for me and will, will there be something in return? And tonight I want to set you free by saying that's not actually Christianity. It's not what God has described for us. Christianity starts with what God has done. Before we ever get into what we're going to do and how we're going to live and what we're going to be like, what's right and what's wrong, what we should do and what we shouldn't do, before we ever get into that, May you and I really embrace and grasp and understand 
what God has done. That's real Christianity. True Christians want to tell and proclaim what Jesus Christ has done. We don't have much of a message to say about what we've done, and may we learn that. May we learn to not boast in ourselves. May we learn to not post, uh, pat ourselves on the back. May we learn that Christianity is not what we've done, but really what God has done. Tonight, our themes are giving and getting, and it was in this passage that I read at the beginning, Isaiah 9, where we see both of those things, God giving and God getting, and it's a beautiful thing. The first one, God is a giver. Church, Christmas is the reminder that God gave us Jesus. I know Christmas is almost here, right? It's, we're about five hours away from Christmas Day, and some of y'all are gonna be up that late wrapping presents, I know. Christmas Day will be here really soon, and that holiday finds its realest, truest meaning that God gave his son for you. Don't slip into thinking, well, I gotta do this, and I gotta do that, and the spirit of the season is to be a giver, so I better go buy some more presents. Don't slip into that. Sit down, take a big, deep breath, and say, God gave Jesus for me. In Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, listen to how it began. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Given. Does everybody hear that? Given. God gave his son for you and to you. What a thought. How did he do that? Well, he sent him to earth, born of the Virgin Mary. What a great design Andrew had tonight for the service as we're reading through the whole Christmas story there. The Virgin Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit she gives birth to Jesus. She raises him. He's not on the scene at all. We basically know nothing about Jesus until he becomes a 30-year-old adult and starts this teaching ministry, and he just blows everybody's minds with the beauty and grace and kindness of the love of God. Jesus treated everybody well, and he pointed people to goodness and truth and the salvation that Jesus has. As Christ was proclaiming that message, they hated him. They arrested him. They took him and abused him and beat him and tortured him. And then they crucified him and killed him. God tells us that he did that to his son because of his great love for us. The Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to be our sin for us. So that in him we would become the righteousness of God. Christ got our sins and we get his goodness and righteousness and holiness. God did that for us. God is a giver. At Christmas time, we must stop thinking first about all the giving we can do, and we must think, God gave Jesus for me. Your sins can be forgiven. Your conscience can be cleansed. Your guilt can be removed, and the fullness of your life can find its realness, peace, joy, and fulfillment through Jesus dying for you. Not so much in all you're gonna do for him, but in what he's done for you. So God is a giver, he gave us Jesus. But God is not only a giver, God is also a getter. God tells us that his whole plan in doing all of this 
was that in Jesus dying for the sins of the world that God might create a people for himself. It's what the whole theme of the Bible is teaching us, that the work that God's doing in the world is creating people that will love him and follow him. That's why I opened the way I did in saying that, hey, this is what we're seeing here in Fairdale. God is working here and alive here. We see more and more people coming to faith in Christ. We see people getting baptized, and we see that this is what God is doing in the world. God is working in people's lives through what he's done through Jesus so that there would be people who then love him back. In the kingdom of God, there are people that live for God. And in the same passage, Isaiah 9, it was verse 6 that says to you, a son is given, but listen what it says there in verse 7. There will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. God is working in the world throughout history, even today. Now, this is the prophet Isaiah talking a long time ago, but God is working throughout the world, throughout the history of the world, to grow and develop his kingdom. If you ever learn, if you ever learn the, 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 the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer before, you've prayed, you've prayed about that kingdom, haven't you? On earth as it is in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You've heard that. You've prayed that before. That's the very thing that this is talking about that God is doing throughout the history of the world is he is creating his kingdom. And the kingdom has a very simple, simple structure to it. Religion in our day and religion in our world, and to be quite honest, churches in our world can get very confusing and complicated. But if we will stick with God's word and hear the promises of God that he has a kingdom that he's growing, and it's a very simple structure the kingdom of God is. A king and a kingdom. You know who the king of the kingdom is? Jesus Christ. Born to be king of it all. Grew up to be king of it all. Overcame the cross and sin and death to be king of it all. To where he reigns now as king of kings and lord of lords. And in his kingdom, he has people living for him, loving him, serving him so that he gets the glory. A real simple picture of the kingdom and God getting from that is what do people do? What do subjects do to the king? They bow down before him. And the Bible teaches us that right now he is working to grow the kingdom. We're doing kingdom work. We want to see the kingdom reach the whole world. The Bible tells us that there is coming a day where every person on the planet, at every continent, every nation, every age, everybody, regardless of language, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. See, the kingdom at one point will be finalized, but right now he's working in that kingdom. As God points people to Jesus, as God spreads the message that he gave his son for us, he is creating the kingdom. And in the kingdom, you have people that want to live for him. I want to give you a real simple, almost comical illustration that will just help you think through this. Several years ago, I was doing a hospital visit. Pastors do that. Somebody's in the hospital, so you go visit and you spend time with them and check on them and pray with them. And I took a young guy with me and just, just kind of seeing what it was like. And we went to the hospital and we were coming out. And we were down here at uh, Saints Mary, St. Elizabeth Hospital. 
And we were walking out, and uh, you know how it is when you're walking out of that hospital, and there was, a, there was a little old lady over here, and she had like all kinds of packages and boxes and, and bags, and, 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 and I didn't know what was going on, but we were walking and talking, and she, she says, excuse me, excuse me, young fellas, are you guys Boy Scouts? I said, no, ma'am, we're, we're not Boy Scouts. She said, okay, shucks. We kept walking for a second, and I thought, I thought, well, I said, ma'am, why'd you ask us if we're Boy Scouts? She said, look at this. I got all these boxes right here. I got all this stuff. I got to get it out to the car. There's no way I can get it all out there. I said, ma'am, with all due respect to the Boy Scouts, those are great people, and they do good things, but we're followers of Jesus. We'd be more than glad to take those boxes out to your car. Y'all, in the kingdom of God, God is creating people that want to live for him, where he gets the glory. That's no pat on the back for carrying boxes out at the hospital, right? I mean, that's a, that's a low bar, all right? I understand that. But it's an example of what it means. We follow Jesus. He's our king. We're in the kingdom and everything we do is for him. That's Christianity. That's what God's doing in the world. At Christmas time, we think a lot about the themes of Christmas and giving and getting or two that we must recognize. I bet tonight some of you all are going to get a Christmas gift. I bet tonight some of you all are going to give a Christmas gift. Our kids try so hard to talk us into opening up presents the night before. But before we get into that, let the real faith start with the giving and the getting that Jesus has done. This Christmas Eve, folks, we, we celebrate not because God has told us what to do in order to be good people. We, we don't celebrate tonight because we are trying our hardest to do the right thing or because we are doing so many things. That's not why we're celebrating all of that stuff becomes fruit of a life that has Jesus at the root of it. All of the things that one might do for religious reasons or by faith or spiritually become fruit of a life that has Jesus at the root. We aren't celebrating how God teaches us to give and get, although that is a part of our faith. There's a place for us to say, okay, what does God want giving to be like in my life? And what does God want getting to be like in my life? What does it look like to have a grateful heart and to be a sacrificial giver? Those are real things. And we study those too. But this Christmas Eve here as a church together, we celebrate what God has done. He loves us. And he sent Jesus to take our punishment, to forgive us of our sins. And whoever trusts in him will be saved, will have everlasting life, will be on their way to heaven. God will be their father. Jesus will be their king. In closing tonight, I want to ask you two helpful, practical questions along those themes. Number one, will you believe what God has done for you? Stop your mouth on what you've done. Will you believe what he's done for you? Will you say, God loves me 
and sent Jesus to die for me. My sins sent him to the cross, and he did it for me. Will you believe that? I mean, deep down, believe it. I mean, believe it with all of you. I mean, trust in that. And secondly, flowing out of that, what will you give back to him? What will be the fruit that bears out of that faith? What will you give back? What will life look like for you in saying, I'm a part of the kingdom. He's my king. I live for him. This is what my life looks like laid down. This is what my knees look like bowed down. This is what my life looks like surrendered. What will you give back to him? Giving and getting is an awesome part of Christmas. God gave and God gets. May you and I delight in the true meaning of Christmas for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that Jesus was given for us. And dear God, we thank you that in the kingdom, you get the glory from us. You give and you get. Oh, Father, we do want to live our lives in reflection of that, that we would be glory bearers or glory reflectors, that the world might see light through us because your light is in us. That's another theme. But Father, tonight, we don't want to waste any time thinking about more than just what you've done. You get the glory. God, tonight we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and King. We worship him like those magi did as they traveled from afar and they came to worship him. And they brought gifts to give to him because they understood his worth. God, we thank you that in this world, you are doing that very thing. You are drawing people to yourself, working and changing lives. God, we believe in you. And we ask that you would get the glory through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
out and have a Merry Christmas. You're dismissed. Thank you.